five, four, three, two. This is the Come On Network podcast. Come On Network, it's on the come up for sure. The best Pittsburgh-based podcast available. Is that so? If you're committed enough, you can make any story work. I, I once convinced a woman that I was Kevin Costner, and it worked because I believed it. Bringing you the latest in Pittsburgh and national sports and entertainment with guests and a plethora of co-hosts. Can we get a come on? Come on. 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 This is where the fun begins. FNA Cotton FNA. You know, we weren't highly interested in style points. We knew it would be tough sledding. We knew it would be tough sledding for a lot of reasons. First and foremost, the Buffalo Bills are a quality outfit. Um, they got quality players. They're well coached. Uh, they've got continuity now. That, that core group has been together for a number of years. And so we knew that that would be challenging. We also knew the environment itself playing in front of a packed stadium and the, and the energy associated with week one would create some challenges. And lastly, we knew that we had a lot of new pieces. Um, new to us, but in, in some instances, new to the National Football League. I think we you know, played four players on offense that were in their first NFL at regular season action, one significant guy on defense, and obviously Presley is a punter. So, you know, we, 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 were, we were called for action in terms of you know, dealing with some adjusting in the early phases of the game, settling in, if you will. And um, I like the overall spirit and the can-do approach of the collective group as we dealt with that. Um, we were able to settle down and make some plays and make enough plays uh, to get victory. And for that, we're thankful. Big win for them last night. Um, we expect uh, that they're going to challenge us in a big way. Um, starting first with their defense. They got a new defensive staff, but they have cohesion within that defensive staff. Um, I know Gus Bradley, their defensive coordinator, very well. Ron Miles, their secondary coach. Richard Smith, their linebacker coach. All are new to Vegas, but um, they all have collective experience together. All three men were with the LA Chargers for the last number of years, and so, you know, their ability to work together, the understanding of what they're trying to get done, and their ability to thus teach it to the group, I'm sure, is accelerated. I thought that was on display last night. Um, I thought they made some big plays and critical moments. Um, can't say enough about their defensive line coach, Rod Marinelli. I worked with Rod, gosh, 20 years ago now uh, in Tampa. He was the D-line coach when I was a secondary coach. Um, quality, quality football coach. Um, I was not surprised at all to watch Crosby and Nassip and, and Yannick and others, Hankins and those guys, um, be the catalyst for Splash for them. Um, that could probably describe every defensive line unit that Rod has coached in the last 25 years in the NFL. I know I benefited from it as a secondary coach when we worked together in Tampa. So those sack fumbles and those game-changing plays, um, there's nothing mystical about it. 
Um, that's the culture that they're building over there. That's the standard that they're held to. And, and so you can't be surprised when those plays come to fruition. Uh, they're a very technically sound group, schematically. They're not going to be out of place. They're going to minimize explosion plays. Um, they're going to run to the ball. Um, they're going to hit and tackle. Um, all of that, I thought, was on display um, last night. Uh, really challenging at this stage of the year in terms of preparing for them, not only because of the lack of collective tape that they have to study, but they've, they've kind of put that group together. Um, they went out and got Yannick in free agency and, and some others. Uh, Q. Jeff, a Pittsburgh native, uh, is playing inside for him at the D-tackle spot. Um, Perryman. Um, they got a couple of guys in their defensive unit that, that, that come from the Chargers. And so you couple the continuity within the coaching staff, coupled with some significant guys like Hayward at corner, um, who's come over from the Chargers. Man, uh, that's why I think you're seeing better cohesion maybe than you would anticipate seeing from a, from a first time out unit. And so we spent some time talking about that this morning and we will continue as a staff um, just respecting that element of it. Uh, they got quality players at every level. They got more cohesion than you would anticipate. Um, and, and, and so we got to do a good job of minimizing negativity. That front is, is dangerous. They play a lot of people. They keep them fresh. Um, and I'd imagine uh, as you look at this group over the course of the year, that group is going to provide a lot of splash for them. It's our job to minimize it this week. On the offensive side of the ball, man, it's just about uh, the dynamic uh, strategy of, of John Gruden. I'm very familiar with that, haven't had an opportunity to work for him. Um, and his relationship with, with Carr at quarterback and their ability to, to put the, their, their collective ability to put that plan together and distribute the ball to eligibles and keep defenses off balance in a variety of ways. Uh, utilization of personnel, changes of pace, um, pre-snap shifts in motions, you name it. Um, he's into it, he's been into it. Um, I learned a lot from him in that regard. Um, watching them last night, they're really rocking and rolling in that regard. Not that I'm surprised by it. They've gained a big time continuity in that phase of the game as well. Um, cars throwing to Renfro repeatedly now, and, and they're gaining cohesion in terms of experience. Ruggs is not a rookie anymore. Can't say enough about the relationship that he has with Waller. Um, you know, you can describe him as a tight end, but I think that that's that seems less than appropriate, to be honest with you, man. That's putting him in a box. This guy is a dynamic, big athlete. You know, I'm watching the game last night and and looking at his um, looking at his measurables, man. He's he's more similar to Claypool than he is any tight end that we have on our roster in terms of measurables and, and fluidity of movement and body control. And so, you know, we better respect him in that vein. I think people that are unfamiliar with those guys and try to treat him like a tight end and maybe cover him the way you would cover normal tight ends, you really set yourself up um, for a long evening, not only in terms of his talents, but just his role. Um, he had 19 targets, I think, last night. And so, um, you know, you can't talk about stopping somebody that they're committing to getting the ball to like that. We just have to work to, to minimize his impact on the game. Uh, we had a similar mentality about, about digs a week ago. Um, and so, you know, we, we better respect him and his capabilities, their utilization of him and, and how he fits within what it is that they do. All of that being said, if you give that stuff too much attention, 
Uh, Jacobs is going to absolutely gore you in the running game. Um, you know, I think that's one of the cool things about Coach Gruden. Um, he has a reputation in terms of dynamic strategy in the passing game. But underneath it all, he's a tremendous fundamentalist. Um, he would love to pump you off the ball and gore you in the line of scrimmage with his bigs if he can. And, 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 and so you better respect that element of it. Um, man, got a lot of respect for that young right tackle that they have, Leatherwood, up front. Um, got very familiar with him through the draft process, just the amount of time that we spent down in Tuscaloosa. Um, man, he's a quality player. Uh, but they got a lot of quality players, man. We got our work cut out for us. Um, but all of us do um, in the National Football League, man. That's the challenges of competing in this, in this game at this level. Uh, hopefully our guys um, have a thirst for that um, because it's going to be needed. Uh, we got some work uh, before we get into all of that in terms of preparation and our continued growth and development. And we're excited about getting them in here tomorrow and, and continuing that maturation process. After a 23-16 Steelers win in week one at Buffalo, it's time to step back into a full Heinz field for the first time since the 2019 season in week two as Pittsburgh hosts the 1-0 Las Vegas Raiders, fresh off the Raiders' victory over the Baltimore Ravens on Monday Night Football. Today on episode 75 of the Come On Network podcast, we preview that contest, the 2021 home opener. Today's episode is presented by Pelocus and its Primal Instinct pre-workout. Your best is good enough. Be sure to use the code COMMON, that's C-O-M-O-N, for 15% off at checkout at Pelocus.com. That's P-O-L-O-K-U-S.com. Be sure to hit the subscribe button and to rate our podcast and or leave a review. We are on various podcast platforms, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Anchor, and more. You can follow us on social media. We're at Twitter and Instagram at Come On Network. That's C-O-M-O-N. N-E-T-W-O-R-K, and on the web at command.network with our blog, Hot Takes, the pod episodes, and our merchandise, which is at command.network backslash store. Kyle Dawson, Donnie Chedrick, Joe Smeltzer, Jack Hillgrove with you. We'll talk our keys to the game, X-Factors, and predictions for Steelers and Raiders at 1 o'clock at Heinz Field on Sunday. And before the party gets started on Sunday, you've got to listen to us and be prepared for the football game. So let's start with Donnie. And we'll begin, guys, with our keys to the game and what it takes for the Steelers to get to 2-0 against a Raiders bunch that played pretty well at home against the Baltimore Ravens in week one and get, got the win. Well, I have three big keys in this one. Number one is cover Darren Waller. Number two is cover Darren Waller. And number three is cover Darren Waller. He's pretty good. Uh, I, I would say he's the biggest worry going into Sunday's game. Uh, he'll be targeted 15 to 20 times by Derek Carr. He's a very big piece of that offense. And, you know, you don't need to be on the guy like a blanket. He's definitely going to get his numbers. But if they can at least limit the production from Darren Waller, I think that will go pretty far with the Steelers defense and the Steelers as a whole Sunday at Heinz Field. Because you had a big performance on Monday Night Football and the upset win over the Ravens. Don't let him do that again. At least keep him under wraps. He'll probably still score a touchdown, but don't let the guy take over a game because we've seen how the Steelers have struggled with covering tight ends in the past. Yeah, my key kind of ties into your key, Donnie. Uh, mine is to not let Derek Carr go off, and if Derek Carr has a big game, Darren Waller's probably going to have a big game too. Um, this might sound like a cop-out. Uh, it kind of is obviously neutralizing 
the opposing quarterback is a key to success any given week. But for this game, I have a particularly hard time seeing Vegas pulling off an upset if Derek Carr doesn't go for something like 330 yards and three touchdowns. He threw for 435 Monday night, and I'm not expecting him to replicate that against this Steelers defense. So, yeah, if Derek Carr doesn't go off and by the same token that Darren Waller doesn't have a big game, like you said, Donnie, um, I feel pretty good about Sunday. Yeah, I, I think the la- the only glaring key for the Pittsburgh Steelers is to cover Darren Waller, and Donnie pretty much summed it up. Um, we're going to find out a lot about Joe Schobert and really whether or not it was worth the Steelers taking a first or, or rather taking a, a trade flyer on the guy because uh, I have a feeling either him or Devin Bush is going to be assigned to, to covering that guy majority of the day. It's no secret that is their offense. I mean, he was targeted 19 times and caught 10 balls against Baltimore. They ran it 21 times, but their rushing attack, frankly, doesn't really concern me. I know Marcus Mariota busted off a big run, but uh, with the Steelers' front seven and how it played against Buffalo, that doesn't concern me uh, really any at all. So I think the, the glaring key defensively is to cover Darren Waller. And if you have to you know, take one more defensively, I think it would just be to keep up the same pass rush, continue that uh, edge rushing momentum from last week. I think that if you can get to Derek Carr, like you can get to Josh Allen, um, it'll definitely hinder Derek Carr's performance. And it might even affect how many balls Darren Waller catches as well. So I think that a lot of what Darren Waller does against the Pittsburgh Steelers stems from the Steelers pass rush because Derek Carr, number one, isn't a good, isn't as good a quarterback as Josh Allen. And number two, I don't think the Raiders offensive line is, is as good as Buffalo's. So um, I think that if the Steelers can sack Carr a couple of times and hurry him and really play like it played against Buffalo, I think that uh, they'll be in good shape. But again, Darren Waller is the Raiders offense and there's really no secret to it. I'm extremely shocked that we got the whole way down to me and nobody has mentioned that the Steelers offensive line might want to pull their heads out of their you-know-whats going into this game because Las Vegas' pass rush, and it wasn't, it's not a phenomenal pass rush in terms of the names on that pass rush for the, the Vegas Raiders up front in the front seven, but they took it, liberties essentially at Lamar Jackson on Monday night and and uh, maybe you might want to watch some tape on their old buddy Alville in a wave after he talked a bunch of crap heading out of Pittsburgh he got steamrolled he looked like the usual turnstile that he looks like against the Baltimore or against the Las Vegas Raiders for Baltimore so for me I, I'm with you guys that Darren Waller has to be key number one and Josh Jacobs has missed practice a couple times this week I think at least I know he did today here on Thursday and they've got some other big names that are on the injury report too for Vegas but th- for me it starts with the offensive line for the Steelers and, and that was a bad spot in week one against Buffalo they still found a way to win the football game but in, in especially in the first half we talked about this that offensive line was absolutely terrible and it is going to have to be better if they get the same pass rush effort that Vegas had against Baltimore because Ben Roethlisberger whether anybody wants to admit it or not is probably not as good of a quarterback right now as Lamar Jackson is and he certainly doesn't have the athletic ability that Lamar Jackson has to escape the pocket and evade that pressure at times and if the if the Steelers offensive line gets steamrolled like Baltimore's did I have a hard time seeing this offense trying to get into much of a rhythm and trying to get a run game going as well I mean heck Najee Harris's uh, over under and rushing yards is up like seven or eight yards from last week and I know Buffalo's defense is good but Vegas's defense isn't as good 
but I see no reason why Najee Harris's line should go up after the performance that he had in his NFL debut behind that offensive line. So I think for me, the biggest key is, is definitely the offensive line for Pittsburgh, uh, trying to put in some things together against the Raiders here in week two. But I would definitely agree that Darren Waller has to be a big concern as well. Uh, that said, he's not the only threat on this offense from from the cat, pass catching standpoint. I think Hunter Renfro had a really good day the other day, six receptions, 70 yards and nine targets. They're going to go to him a lot out of the slot. Uh, Henry Ruggs is obviously a, a big play threat. And they've got some other guys that can catch the football as well. But like Jack said, their rushing attack doesn't scare me at all, especially if Josh Jacobs can't go because Kenyon Drake uh, really doesn't doesn't even move a needle for me. Uh, but Derek Carr, I think, is a decent enough quarterback that he can get the ball into the hands of Darren Waller if he's not being blanketed like the Steelers should, like you guys have mentioned. So Darren Waller would be a clear-cut number two key for me uh, in this football game as the Steelers try to get to 2-0. and uh, That said, all of our keys aside, let's work our way over to X-Factors in this contest, uh, whether it's for the Raiders, the Steelers, uh, whatever side of the ball, or if it's a unit. Kyle, your key of the game, keys of the game led right into my X factor. I'm going with TJ Watt and Max Crosby, uh, the two best pass rushers on both sides. TJ Watt, two sacks and a forced fumble in the first game of the season. He missed the preseason. Everyone was worried about him being ready to go, and it just turned out to be another day at the office for old TJ Watt. Max Crosby really impressed me on Monday night. We got to see him, you know, with a worldwide audience two sacks against the baltimore ravens manhandled alejandro villanueva which by the way ravens fans now know what we were talking about going into the year uh, i've been even seen some apologizing to steeler fans about the whole al villanueva situation since he has not been good for the last few seasons he's washed up but crosby was still so impressive against him i thought there were times when he actually made Al Villanueva look like one of those hotel doors that circle around and spin around when you put any sort of pressure and effort into it. Crosby flat out embarrassed him, which is why I'm worried for Chooks Okorafor and Dan Moore Jr., because who's to say Crosby won't do that to them? And if they struggle, they might want to contact our buddies at Pelocus. I'm going to talk a little bit about Primal Instinct pre-workout. I never got into the whole pre-workout craze. I just kind of worked out without it forever until Primal Instinct came into play. Even after the start, I didn't jump on it right away. But after a few months, I decided to give it a try. I love it. The taste is great. You get a good pump out of it. The workout is great. The energy to blast through a workout or push through one on a tough day without that crash afterwards. I would definitely recommend it to anyone looking to get into or try a new pre-workout method. Check out Primal Instinct pre-workout from Pelocus. And remember, save 15% at checkout by using code COMEON, that's C-O-M-O-N, at Pelocus.com, P-O-L-O-K-U-S.com. Was that uh, completely improvised, Donnie, that transition? Oh, without a doubt. I, I thought a little bit about it while Kyle was talking, then I went for it. Yeah, that's uh, that's good stuff. Uh, my X factor is Najee Harris, and it's not necessarily that he has to go for 100 yards plus and two touchdowns for the Steelers to win this game, but I want to at least see some more signs of the player that we all think and hope this guy will be for the Steelers. And Najee rushes for under three yards per carry again Sunday, 
the Steelers probably still win the game, but there's going to be some concern, um, some minor concern in the days ahead about, you know, uh, when's Najee going to go off? When's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? Can Najee succeed and reach its full potential running behind this offensive line? And hearing that talk um, in the days ahead, um, even if the Steelers are 2-0, would be a nuisance, I think. So I want the topic of this, a topic of discussion going into Cincinnati game in week three to be about Najee making progress from week one in Buffalo instead of people starting to get a tad antsy about rookie running back. Yeah, Joe, I agree with you. I think Najee Harris is my X factor as well. Um, I was thinking about taking it to the offensive line as a unit. Uh, yes, they're going to need to play well. Uh, Kyle, you talked about it. The offensive line did not play well against Buffalo. And in theory, um, the uh, you would think that they would need to play well against this, this Raiders defensive line, considering how well that they handled Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. But you look at this, just this lengthy injury report that the Raiders had. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe was limited. Uh, Carl Nassib was, uh, did not participate. Um, Gerald McCoy went to the IR. Um, uh, Cleveland Farrell was on. He was full participation today, but he's banged up. And I think the Raiders even fear that um, Ngakwe might have suffered a long-term injury. And if that's the case, uh, and, and Nassib is kind of hindered as well, I think that – you can just double up a guy like Max Crosby and be fine. And I think it's then it's up to Najee Harris to, you know, create some separation and run for um, more yards than 45 than he did last week. Now, a lot of that had to do with the offensive line, not getting a lot of push, but um, I, I think Najee Harris is a good pick for X factor. Like I said, because I think that this offensive line for the Steelers will be tested for sure. But I think if, is better that they're facing the Raiders after they get banged up like they did against the Ravens, because uh, I think you look at it on paper and think that the Raiders aren't going to be as good as they were a week ago. Now that's not to say that Max Crosby, you know, has an, a depoy like season. I mean, he won AFC defensive player of the week and he can continue to go on a tear, but in theory, you'd like to think that they'll be able to double up on a guy like him, especially if a lot of their other pass rushing or, you know, blitzing threats are, sidelined or playing through an injury. So I think it's going to be up to Najee Harris to carry the load. I, I think you're um, dumb if you don't feed him 20, 25 times, because uh, while we're talking about the Steelers offensive line being hindered, the Raiders is too. And it's just banged up. I, I think the, the defense for the Steelers, especially the guys rushing the quarterback are going to have an absolute field day. And I think that, uh, this one stays relatively low scoring, and we'll get to that when we talk about our predictions. But nonetheless, I think when you boil it down, when you really, really look at it, um, I think Najee Harris is the guy that's going to have to propel the Steelers in the direction where they need to win because he's going to be getting the ball. He should be getting the ball 20, 25 times. And if he can move it, and if the Steelers can win the time of possession battle, I think that helps a lot. Well, I think the easy cop-out for me would be to go with the offensive line after what I mentioned as keys to the game, but I will stay away from that. I'll go with the quarterbacks in, in this one because I think Ben Roethlisberger was good enough in, in that win against Buffalo to get it done for Pittsburgh. He wasn't very good in the first half. Uh, obviously, PFF had a, a great dazzling week 
naming Ben Roethlisberger the worst quarterback in the entire no, NFL. Yeah, yeah, they're they're awesome. They are they're excellent. There's something Minka Fitzpatrick who had ten. They watch every was, down of football. <laughs> it was all you, over you can't the complain about that and be happy when they rate Cam Hayward the oh, highest uh, okay. offensive lineman though. I, I would agree, but here's here's the other part of the problem here, and I don't want to delve into a big conversation about this, but if Ben Roethlisberger was the worst-rated quarterback in the NFL and the Pittsburgh Steelers went into Buffalo and beat the Buffalo Bills, uh, that's fine with me. I don't really care how well he plays if they beat the Buffalo Bills uh, and, and he's going to be the worst-ranked quarterback in the National Football League and even behind some of the putrid performances that we saw elsewhere. Um, I didn't think Ben was great, and, and we talked about this on our reaction show. I didn't think he was great. I thought he was good enough, and Ben Roethlisberger is going to have to be good in this football game if, if the Steelers are just going to put up some points and I think maybe have a chance to run away with a victory, maybe two scores or more for the Steelers in this game, because I just don't see that Derek Carr, which is why he'd be my X factor on the other side for the, the Las Vegas Raiders. I don't see how they find a way to put up the same amount of points against Pittsburgh that they do against uh, that they did against Baltimore, because I think that that he's going to have uh, demons in his head the way that the pass rush will be going for Pittsburgh. If it's any resemblance of what we saw against the Buffalo Bills, uh, that unit is going to have another good football game. So I think it's important for the quarterbacks to play well. I think it's important for Najee Harris to do his thing on the other side for the Steelers. Um, but that again, that also requires the offensive line does something. I mean, they weren't good enough until maybe the fourth quarter, late in the third quarter of that game against Buffalo. That that unit has to be better. And we're going to be talking about that. I have a bad feeling all, all year. Uh, but that offensive line group for the Pittsburgh Steelers has to be better going forward if they have any chance to win this division, any chance to get into the postseason. Because we can talk about how great the week one was, win is against Buffalo. But if we leave out the fact you're still going to have a 17-game season. You still have an absolute dog wash of a schedule coming in the, the end of the year. Uh, it's going to be a tough year for the Pittsburgh Steelers if this offensive line cannot start protecting Ben Roethlisberger better and getting the run game going uh, behind a dynamic playmaker in Najee Harris. We saw spurts of it, but we need to see more of it, which means we need to see more blocking from the offensive line as well. But in terms of X factors, give me the two quarterbacks. Uh, and we'll see if Ben Roethlisberger can outplay the guy who apparently thinks that uh, that the ball hit the ground when Franco Harris caught the immaculate reception. So, I'm, I'm, again, I'm just glad Derek Carr said that for his fan base because that, that's really going to win him over some brownie points and win him the football game. So give me the quarterbacks as my X factor. And now it is uh, time to make our picks. And right now I think the Steelers are a five-and-a-half-point favorite on FanDuel. Uh, the over-under is sitting pretty low. Uh, at 46 and a half, but it's minus 260 on the money line for Pittsburgh as we speak uh, at minus five and a half. So let's get our picks for this one. I think the Steelers win and cover. Uh, I'm buying into all the football cliches this week. Vegas playing a tough, emotional week one game. Uh, they win it in overtime on Monday night. They then have to play Sunday at one o'clock and it's a West Coast to East Coast trip for the Raiders. I like the Steelers in this one, 27 to 16. Uh, Pennsylvania is not on the East Coast, but anyway, um, I see the Steelers uh, winning. And oh, is, uh, it, is, it, is, it, is it not in the East? Is it not in the Eastern part of the United States? Not on the coast. Is it not in the Eastern not part of the, the United coast. States? Not, is it not the in the Eastern coast. part of the United States? You, did, you didn't say that. He said the East okay. Coast. Okay. And I said Vegas is on the West Coast. Is that on the coast? 
Is it? No, 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 no. <laughs> nice, nice, real nice. Pennsylvania's nice. not on the East Coast. Nice. Anyway. And, Ve and Vegas isn't on the West Coast. You didn't correct me on that one. Okay. Um. After after that debacle, uh, <laughs> I think the Steelers. I think the Steelers are going to win in cover too. Um. The only way I see Vegas winning this game is if Derek Carr has a big day. I don't think the Steelers' defense lets that happen. I say Steelers twenty-seven, Raiders fourteen. Um. Take the Steelers uh, and the under. Uh. The autumn wind is a pirate, but the autumn wind won't be two and zero after Sunday. Whenever. They head back to the West. Um, most importantly, the first it's going to be the first gravel lot in almost two years. I know I'm excited for that. Um, the only downside is I have to see Donnie, and that kind of takes away a little bit of my uh, pep and my enthusiasm for getting back to NFL tailgating. But, yeah, uh, Steelers uh, by 13 points, and uh, drink up, Yin's pitching. Joe, would it make you feel better if I said that the Raiders are going to have a tough time coming into the Eastern time zone? Yeah, that's better. That's accurate. Okay. <laughs> I think that uh, that is accurate as well. And, uh, Joe, I agree. I, I, I think that the Steelers will cover. And I like the under in this game. I think both defenses show out a little bit and partially because of that Steelers offensive line. I hope not. I hope uh, I'm right in the sense that Najee Harris gets going a little bit more. But um, I'll predict him to score a touchdown. And I'll predict Darren Waller to score two touchdowns, but I think the Steelers end up scoring more points and cover. I'm going to give them three more than last week. 26 to 14 final Steelers win. Yeah, I think this is an absolute, not a blowout, but th this isn't going to be a close football game. I, I just don't see the, the Raiders coming off that. And I think Donnie described it well, despite Joe having an apparent issue with calling Pittsburgh the East Coast. I think it wasn't that... apparent it was an issue. <laughs> well, either way, it, it's the East time zone. I mean, it's a three-hour difference, all right? It's, that's the bottom line. But I guess you can't make a say you can't go to London because that's a difference, too. And if we say they go to over on the other side of the country or the other side of the world, Joe would probably complain that we're not in Russia or something like that. So um, anyways, so... I think Donnie described it well. That's an emotional football game on Monday for uh, for Las Vegas with their first time in that stadium in the Death Star with fans. Uh, hopefully it doesn't blow up on them like the first two Death Stars did in a galaxy far, far away. But uh, the Raiders are coming off a, a win that, frankly, they, they did everything they could toward the end of that game and into overtime to lose the football game, and they found a way to win the football game anyway uh, because I think Baltimore made one too many mistakes down the stretch, and I just don't see... Uh, Las Vegas coming out with quite the fire that it did against Pittsburgh in a hostile environment, despite the fact that the Raiders fan base apparently thinks they can take over uh, Chargers Stadium like they did, uh, like Pittsburgh did a couple years back when Duck Hodges was the quarterback and it became a home game out in Los Angeles. Uh, it was just did you see a, where he ended up, by the way? Well, just keep in mind it was because of Duck Hodges, though, that the Steelers were able to take the fan base over. But no, I did not see where he is. He's, he's heading to your current, uh, your current whereabouts, uh -oh. Canadian football. Canadian football, huh? Well, he's going to tear it up up here. He'll definitely be an NFL starting quarterback within the next year because that guy, he, he makes duck noises. They're really good. He beat the Browns once. Yeah, anyway. Wayne Gretzky was Canadian too, by the way. Is Canadian. Really? Well, I didn't even know. Where is Canada, Joe? Are you all right with the location of Canada? Or people aren't allowed to complain about that either. That people can complain about whatever they want. And I'm all for the negativity. Well, here we are. 
So give me the give me the Steelers to win and cover easily. I think this is going to be at least a fourteen point football game, and I'm gonna um, I'm gonna pull a page out of Austin Shaw's book here because this is going to be one where he's going to predict a blowout too. Give me Pittsburgh thirty one thirteen in this game against the Las Vegas Raiders. I just don't I don't see it being close. Uh, Pittsburgh's going to feed off that energy, and Ben Roethlisberger is going to get his hometown welcome that he deserves when he comes running out of that tunnel when Larry Richard announces his name as he. he brings out the offense at least I would hope he brings out the offense uh first in the introductions uh but we shall see at Heinz Field and uh, the gravel lot should be a good time I might not be there there's, there's a chance but I might not be there uh, so you guys can enjoy that one and the fans of the Pittsburgh Steelers can enjoy getting back to tailgating here as we head toward the home opener that is it for episode 75 of the come on network podcast our week two Steelers preview before we go a reminder to hit the subscribe button and to rate our podcast and leave a review tell everyone that will listen that they can find us on various podcast platforms including apple spotify google anchor and more and maybe uh put a nudge out there to mr dk uh, because he's picked up some podcasts recently and you know i think we're pretty good and we're not fanboy people uh, like some of the other people in this town not saying the ones that he has those guys do a great job but uh, someone give a nudge to mr day on there and tell him that we need picked up too but you can follow us on social media we're on twitter and instagram at come on network c-o-m-o-n n-e-t-w-o-r-k and on the web at come on.network with our blog hot takes the podcast episode and our merch store that's at come on.network backslash store today's episode of the come on network podcast is and was presented by Polocus. Check out Primal Instinct pre-workout by Polocus at P-O-L-O-K-U-S dot com. That's Polocus dot com. And be sure to use the code COMON, C-O-M-O-N, for 15% off at checkout at Polocus dot com. Again, P-O-L-O-K-U-S dot com. Until next time, stay safe. Here we go, Steelers, and come on. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.